Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're calling this message the rise of the matriarchs. What's a matriarch? A matriarch is a mother or a woman who leads or heads a family or a tribe. Anybody in here got a tribe? I bet you do. Well, it's not very often I get to come out and talk to all the big people because I've spent my journey with the littles, and I love them because they're so, if I say pray, they pray. They don't ask questions. They just do it. So when I'm broken, their little voices heal my soul. You ever been broken? Just go grab you a child. They'll heal you right up. When I'm tired, they roll monster trucks on my back and down my arms. And when I'm hungry, they bring me chocolate. (laughs) Who would not want a child in their life? They're such warriors. They're so beautiful. And I'm so glad they're in this room today with us. So if your baby starts making a noise, hey, I'm used to it. Don't worry about that. So today we're going to talk about mothers. We're going to talk about Deborah as well. So the word that I'm going to bring you today, I've been studying Hebrew under a teacher. Her name is Chrissy McLellan. And you all can study under her as well. She can be found on um, Facebook. Um, She has been to Israel and studied under the rabbis for 13 years. And so I've gleaned so much from her as a teacher And she's just fun to um, be around and be led by. So today we're going to talk about some things that I've learned from her. Today I'm going to give you the Hebrew definition of the word mother. In Hebrew, Hebrew is a picture language. So every letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a picture that goes with it and a number. So today we're going to get the picture. Mother in Hebrew, the first picture is strong and it's a picture of an ox. The second word is water, and it represents what they call mother in Hebrew is strong water. Can we say that? Strong water. And I'm going to give you a definition of why that is that. The Hebrews made glue by boiling animal skins in water. As the skin broke down, a sticky, thick liquid formed at the surface of the water. This liquid was used as a binding agent or glue... This is the Hebrew word for mother, the one who binds the family together. Can we say, yes, that is true. You know, when my mother went to live in heaven, I realized that, oh, no, now I have to take on the mother role for my family because she did all the cooking and she did all the meals around holidays. Well, guess what? I didn't inherit her gift of cooking. So I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so I decided to come up with my own tradition. Girls, it's okay if you want to come up with your own traditions. So I decided to have Frasier family breakfast for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And guess what, guys? It works really good because I can do eggs and bacon really good without. Now, I'm not too good at the gravy part. That's okay, because I have somebody else bringing the gravy. (laughs) So Jesus, in the first century world, when he arrived on the scene, he came lifting women out of their shame 
and restoring honor back to them, sending them away in honor and peace. He came lifting women out of shame. That was one of the main things that we see Jesus doing. You know, if you do not know that you are fiercely loved by the king, you will be a fierce judge and criticizer. So if you find yourself judging and criticizing others, it's simply because you don't know how fiercely you are loved by him. That his love can never be withdrawn from you. No matter what you do, he loves you. Jesus died for all mankind on that cross while we were yet sinners. So he fiercely loves us, and when we know we are fiercely loved, it brings that total rest over your soul that Jesus loves me. It's not Jesus loves me, he loves me not. It's Jesus loves me. So and we're going to go to the Genesis creation account. We're going to look at Genesis 2. Yeah, Genesis 2.18 is where we're going to go. In Genesis 2, we see God saying, it is good. It is good. It is good. And then in Genesis 2.18, he says, now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient or satisfactory that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper, meet, suitable, adapted, complementary for him. We see Jesus saying, now it is not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him a helper suitable. We're going to look at those two words, helper suitable. In the Hebrew language, in the context of how God has written it for us. In our culture in the West, we see helper, the word helper, as secondary to the primary. Is that not true? But it carries a far greater weight than that. So I'm going to kind of unpack this for us this morning. Ezer means carries the idea to strengthen in a way they cannot do for themselves. Ezer, E-Z-E-R. Remember, this is God, this is Jesus, how he created woman. Ezer, in other places, is the Bi is, in the Bible is describing God himself in relationship with Israel. God himself is Ezer. So, he is using a word to describe himself. So, we can say that women, whenever the enemy is attacking your soul or he's trying to bring shame on you in any way, you can say, shut up, devil. I'm just like my dad. You're going to mess with me. You're going to be messing with my dad because we're just like our dad. So, Deuteronomy 33, 29. Let's go there. It says, happy are you, O Israel, and blessing is yours. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, the sword that exalts you. That word help is Ezer. That is Jesus. That is God saying, I am your help, Israel. God is describing himself as an Ezer. So we can say that a glorious sword for Israel, he was warring for her. We can say that woman was made to be a warrior. In Psalm 115, 9, O Israel, trust and take refuge in the Lord. Lean on, rely on, and be confident in him. He is their help and their shield. God again is saying, Ezra, help. I am your help and your shield. Woman, I made you like me. I made you to be a helper to your husband. Now we're going to look at that second word, suitable. 
In the Hebrew, it is konegdo. I'm going to spell it for you in case you want to write it down. It's K-E-N-E-G-D-O. This is the only place in the Bible this word is found. It's not found or seen again in Scripture. It carries the meaning or the weight of one who walks side by side, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, to those that you are in relationship with. It also carries the meaning of one who stands opposite of you to check you. Have you ever stood opposite of your husband to check him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have. Yep. We all have. Have you ever held your husband accountable for something? There's another meaning. Hold your husband accountable. Or your children or whoever you're in relationship with. This could be a friend asking you something. And you say, hmm, I don't know. Do you think that's really God? That is connecto. We try to block you from going the wrong way. Have you ever told your child, I don't think so. You're not going there. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Not, not happening. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not as long as you live in this house. You ever said that? Mama. Daddy's too. And by asking good questions. It is a good idea to ask questions. Because that way you get to the underlying theme that's going on in someone's life. Instead of accusing them, you begin to ask questions. So the invitation is this. We are to walk side by side, face to face, with those we are in relationship with. How are your voices meant to ring out in this life? We are the ancestry of Genesis. Women, we play a major role in the earth as far as God is concerned. As a mighty weapon in his hand, we are warriors. We're going to look at Deborah. We're going to look at the uh, book of Deborah this morning and see what Deborah, see how God used Deborah. Now, in the book of Judges, you'll see that Deborah was a judge, but that word judge does not hold the same um, meaning as it does in the West. In the book of Judges, judges were military leaders of their day. They were not someone that sat on a bench and decided if you were right or wrong. They were militant forces. They went out into the battle. So let's read Judges 5, 6, 5, 6 and see what Deborah is about. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anoth, and in the days of Jael, no one felt safe. The roads were deserted, and those who dared to travel took the back roads. Champions were hard to find in Israel until I, Deborah, took a stand. I arose a mother in Israel. Deborah's name means to speak. Her name means to an orderly motion like a bee. She had a husband named Lapidus. You don't hear much about him when you hear people talk about uh, the book of Judges. But uh, Lapidus' name means torches. So I like to say that Deborah, her Indian name, I give out Indian names a lot because I love the Native Americans, and her Indian name is Speaks with Torches. Now that's some pretty powerful stuff right there. And Barak's name means lightning bolt. We see Deborah, this champion, this prophetess, they called her a fiery woman. And we see her and Barak going into battle together. And when they went into battle together, we in the West have always thought that, you know, 
here's Deborah. The women have to rise because the men are lazy. Have you ever heard that or thought that in the West? That's not true. That's simply not true. Barak knew that Deborah was a prophet. Barak knew that Deborah was a military warrior. And he said to her, I won't go unless you go with me. And Barak knew that Deborah's expertise in war would be very well needed in the battle. He wasn't looking at, down looking at her, and she wasn't looking down on him. In other words, the Bible says that they sang, you know, they sang the song together. They sang the victory song together. Now tell me what man's going to sing his victory song with a woman he doesn't like or respect. I don't know any. Do you know any? I don't. I don't know any. So that Western mindset needs to be crushed. We need to crush that thing today. Because God has set them together as a mighty weapon against the darkness. And Deborah was a prophet. And she spoke to Barak and she said, Yahweh has given you victory over Sisera. That's what she said to him. Yahweh has given you victory. Are you kidding me? What man ain't going to follow some woman said, baby, you got victory. You got victory. Let's go. Of course, of course he would. So Jesus is teaching us that we are warriors together, that we are face to face, we are shoulder to shoulder, we are side by side in relationship, not just with our husbands, but with our, our friends, with our family unit, with our children. Sometimes you have to get in people's faces, and women are really good at that. Don't laugh, y'all know it. I, had, I was at getting my hair done the other day, and, and we were talking to me and my uh, hairdresser, and I said, I think I'm going to write a book. And she said, what are you going to call it? I said, I'm going to call it, Why Do Women Get Mean When They Clean? <laughs> oh, she said, oh, Sue, I'll help you. <laughs> Raise your hand, men, if you agree. Why do women get mean when they clean? Yeah, everybody, yeah, a few, a few brave men out there. Not very many. <laughs> Let's look at Psalm 68, 11. The Lord gives the command, the women who proclaim good news are a great army. Guys, we've been enlisted in an army. We are warriors. We have been um, created by our father, to be Ezer, we have been created to protect and to help and to shield and to guide and to nurture. We are strong water. We are the glue. We are the binding agents. Deborah was a military leader of her day. She led the charge. Today, God is calling all mothers to the front line to get what is rightfully ours through the blood of our big brother, Jesus. Do you know Jesus has already done everything, but he's looking for some enforcers. He's looking for some people that can enforce the word on the enemy and tell the enemy he's a liar and that is not the way it is and that is not what we will have in this house. In Jesus' name. Is that easy? Oh, it sounds easy from the pulpit. But no, it's not easy. That's why we need a family unit. When you're in a battle, 
I need to come and help you battle. And when I'm in a battle, you know, there are many times I've been in battles and I've had many. That's why it's so important, people. Come to church. Get in a body. It is not the same staying home and watching it by television because you're not touching one another. We need physical touch. We need to see each other. We need someone to lay hands on us and pray for us. God is calling us to the front lines of the battle. He needs strong water. He needs each of us to know who we are as warriors. I'm going to read you the definition of an Ezer. And it's pretty powerful. And it's not anything that I ever learned before until I studied this. This Hebrew word, Ezer, is a term frequently used for military help and ascribed to God himself. It could be translated strong rescuer. Now, I've been known to be a rescuer of broken lives. So one time I had this girl, and I was going to bring her home and let her sleep on the couch. I said, Ted, I'm going to bring her home. And she, Sue? I said, I'm just going to let her sleep one night on the couch. Sue? I said, it's just one night. And she did, and we did, and she beat me back. I took her to a, a, a place that could rescue her, and she beat me back to Carmine. So I tried. So both God and women are Ezer. God's choice of the word Ezer indicates that a man's wife is his front line of defense. Now, it doesn't always look that way, guys. It doesn't always look like I'm running the front line of defense for Ted, especially when we've had a fight. Oh, y'all don't fight. Ah, oh, I don't believe it. So, Ted and I are having this fight, and we're going at it, back and forth. And I said, hey, I said, you need to know something. Well, what? I said, I'm on your side. I am on your side. You know, Ezra, you know that part where you try to block things, you know, from going that way? Well, Ted decides one day he's going to cut a hole in my living room wall. And I'm like, oh. he told Jacob. Jacob thought it was a great idea. And so I thought, I better text Miranda and have her pray. So I texted Miranda and I said, Miranda, you got to pray. Your dad's talking about cutting a hole in the middle of the living room wall. She's like, oh, no, Mom, I will pray. So, it doesn't always look, oh, it's so peachy at the Dismaine's house. Oh, it's, aren't they sweet? Come on over. <laughs> Actually, probably my living room looks a whole lot like yours. Grandkids screaming, grandkids crying, grandkids wanting this, grandkids wanting that. Where's doll? I want my doll. Because they always want Ted. They never want me. Because Ted gives in to him. Like he gives them popsicles for breakfast. I'm like, I don't think they need. Here's another block. Do you really think they need a popsicle for breakfast? Sue, they're only here overnight. It's going to be okay. So they eat a, more than one popsicle, by the way. So God says that we're a rescuer and that we are man's front line of defense. 
He says that God, that Ezra is God's gift to the husband. The wife's role is more than that of an assistant to a man. She is the dynamic solution to man's loneliness as one who protects, reveals, and helps. God gave Adam a job and a wife and forever partner who will not just work alongside him, but love and cherish him. Now, guys, I got to tell you, Ted and I have been married 40 years, and you know they went around in the wilderness for 40 years, right? <laughs> Boom. But they came out after 40. So we're coming out, aren't we, hon? We're coming out. <laughs> we're coming out of the wilderness after 40 years. We have passed the test. Just want y'all know. I like to get real because when you get real, people get healed. So, helper suitable. God wants us to stand opposite of one another. He wants us to love one another, to ask good questions to one another. We are of the lineage of Jesus. Let's talk about the disciples for a minute. You know, the ones that followed Jesus, they came to follow him. Do you realize there were sons of thunder in that group? Why were they called sons of thunder? Because they fought all the time. Jesus was having to break them up. And he was like, come on, guys. It's the same with us. If you think that Jesus calls perfect people to walk with him, you need to think again. <laughs> he calls all of us imperfect people to walk beside him. But guess what? In close proximity to him, you change. You begin to change. You begin to look like him. You begin to smell like him and talk like him in close proximity to your king. The word disciple means unbroken battle formation. Unbroken battle formation. What does it look like for us men and women to fight side by side and face to face and shoulder to shoulder? I'm going to tell you this story about my husband. I was sick. I had pneumonia. I didn't know I had pneumonia because I don't like to go to the doctor. So everybody's saying, go to the doctor, Sue. Go to the doctor, Sue. So finally I went to the doctor. I had pneumonia. And I was very ill. And so one day the curtain just flings back on the bedroom and somebody just runs in there like a superhero, pulls up their chair, starts screaming the word of God over me. I mean like bam, just praying healing scriptures, telling the devil to get out of that room, get off of my wife. And I was telling this story to the kids and I said, this, this superhero came into my room. Who was it, Jesus? I said, no, it was Ted. <laughs> it was Ted. He came in my room like a superhero, and he started decreeing over me. He started telling the devil to get off of me. And guess what happened? I got healed. So say two is better than one. Over the years that Ted and I have been married, if he's down, I'm up. If I'm up, he's down. So you know what? We are partners in life. Now, if you're sitting out there today and you don't have a partner in life or you have been divorced, there's no condemnation on you. Do you know Jesus doesn't give condemnation? That comes from the world system. That comes from Satan lying to you. 
But from this day forward, when you have revelation knowledge about what husbands and wives should look like together, then that will change everything. That changes everything from this day forward. So Jesus wants you to know that there's no condemnation ever on his people. Now, there is correction. One time I was really mad at Ted. You say, you get mad a lot, Sue. Yeah, I'm a woman. <clears throat> and I was breaking pencils. I was in my prayer room. I was breaking pencils to pieces. And I told God, I was talking to Jesus at the time, by the way. I said, I just don't like him at all. And I'm breaking another pencil. And Jesus interrupted me. He interrupts me. He says, hey. He said, um, if you don't get rid of that stubborn will and allow me to take stubbornness out of you, you're not going one step further with me. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. What about Ted? I said that. <laughs> don't say that, girls. it gets get you in trouble. He said, Ted's not the problem. Don't you love that, honey? <laughs> <laughs> said, Ted's not the problem. I said, oh, really? I mean, I was hearing him. He said, yeah. He said, you need to start being nice to Ted. I said, okay. So I, the next day, I got up and I was being really nice. I was saying sweet things, you know, being kind. And you know what Ted said to me? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you, Sue? I said, well, if you must know, Jesus said for me to treat you nice, but I guess it doesn't work. <laughs> so I went back in my prayer room. I said, Jesus is not working. You always know said to me, yeah, you did it a couple of days, didn't you? He said, keep doing it. So I started being nice. I started doing things with my husband. I got out of my bashing group. I was in a woman bashers group. So if you're in a bashing group, you need to get out of it. Because a lot of times us wives get together, what we do, we bash our husbands. So I had to get out of there. Now you all know it's true. And I had to get out of there and I had to start spending time with him. And I had to do things with him. And it did bring our relationship back together. But I had to hear from the Holy Ghost for all that to take place. You got to spend time with the king, guys. You got to spend time. And when he corrects us, then you better do something about it. So we're going to talk about, as we close, we are strong water. We are called as women and men and a family unit in the house today. We are called to be the archers. I believe God is calling the archers in this hour. And you say, what's an archer? Well, an archer prays the word of God and is so skilled at it that they hit the bullseye. Say, pagah. That's the Hebrew word for bullseye. It's the Hebrew word for intercession. I believe that God is rising the archers in this hour because we need to be able to take the enemy out at the gate. The enemy is getting in the gate, guys. 
The enemy is getting in the gate, and we need to take him out at the gate before he gets in. And God is training us. What's he doing? He's raising mothers and fathers to train the sons and daughters to fight the good fight of faith. I'll say it again. He's raising mothers and fathers to train the sons and daughters to fight the good fight of faith. We must speak the word only. We must pray the word. We must become militant in the fight. If we are militant and we know who we are in Christ Jesus, then the enemy has no say-so over us. Fear is your number one enemy. He will talk to you. You know Satan doesn't mind talking to you, does he? But we don't talk back. We just let those thoughts roll over and over and create a mindset over us that is not of God. When fear is talking to you, you have to use this book called the Bible, and you got to talk back to him with the word coming out of your mouth. I'm going to tell a story about a special op force, a special op force that God allowed me to train in the earth. They were three, four, and five years old. So God says to me one day, I want you to teach the children to pray for Putin. I said, oh, whoa, okay. He said, I want, I want them to pray that Putin would become a Paul. And I said, okay. I said, I can do that. So we began that. We did that for a year. But I had to stop because one of the little girls went home and told her mom, and she thought Putin lived next door. So I had to stop that. Yeah, I got lots of comments on my prayer teachings from my parents. So then the Lord said, now I want you to raise up a force. I want you to teach them a song that would um, rescue my people, the Jews, out of Ukraine, Russia. And so we did a little song, and we sang it every day. Four days a week, 20 minutes a day, God trained a special op force to rescue his people out of Israel. Now, if you watch the news, you know exactly what's going on in Ukraine, Russia. You know exactly that Putin did not become a Paul, did he? And so I questioned the Lord about that. And I said, Jesus, we prayed. The babies prayed. Why did not that happen? And he said, because you prayed, he had a choice. And he made the wrong one. He made the wrong choice. Not only did those babies pray for those Jews to come out of Ukraine, Russia. Ted and I have been supportive of a ministry for over 30 years, or 35 years probably now. But we've sent them offerings every month for over 35 years. It was that ministry that flew in and rescued the Jews and brought them home. I would rather pray with children than any, anyone else on the earth because I know how powerful they are. Because when you teach them, Jesus hears their voice, they just believe it. And when you teach them, the angels move. When they pray, they just believe it. And if they're not praying, I'll say, that's okay. I'll take your angels. No, 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 Miss Susie, I want my angels. Well, pray then. Okay. Say this, Jesus is delightfully simple. If it's too hard for a child, it's too hard. Don't forget it. 
So I'd like for everybody to stand, please, and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray over the family unit this morning. And then the mothers that are in the house, I want you all to make a decree with me in just a second. And then uh, Miranda, uh, my daughter, uh, Miranda and Jacob are going to come up, and they're actually going to sing, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. And we're all going to join into that, okay? Because like I said, and during this sermon, fear is our greatest enemy, guys. The fear of man. What do others think? What, did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? You know, is there another uh, outbreak of COVID coming? Are my kids going to get this? Are they going to get that? It's constant. Where do you think that comes from? That's coming from the devil. He's talking to you. So I'm going to pray over the family unit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree over the family unit today that the mothers and fathers and the sons and daughters will arise together to fight the good fight of faith. They will arise as warriors, the front line of battle to enforce the victory that Jesus bought and paid for with his blood. As arrows are in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy, blessed, and fortunate is the man whose quiver is filled with them, they will not be put to shame when they speak with their adversaries in gatherings at the city's gate. Now, mamas, I want you to repeat after me. Say, the people would not fight. They held back. Champions were hard to find until I arose. I am a mother, I am strong, I am courageous, I am a warrior, I am strong water. I love you guys, I love the church. Do you know why I love the church? Because Jesus loves the church and he died for it. God bless all the mamas today. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. i 
listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.